0: This is Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success Podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to continue our conversation with Wendy Weiss about cold calling. If you have not had a chance to listen to the first episode, where Wendy talks about building target lists, why cold calling is not that, developing cold calling scripts, and more, don't forget to download the episode. Wendy, welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you for having me back, Stefan. Wendy, I think we,
0: we stopped last time when you gave an example of how a cold calling script um, should be constructed. Um, I think you talked about that there's a difference between prospecting and selling, so that this, this first touch is about setting an appointment, and not offloading what you can do, and, and having a long sales conversation with your target. So, when when people design their cold calling script, how much should they follow the script? How important is it for them to follow the script?
1: It's very important to follow the script, um, and uh, a lot of I know a lot of people are, are resistant to the idea of having a script. However, what the word script means is that you think before you talk that you're prepared. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually like any other kind of marketing message um, in that you do the best that you can possibly do with your script. That's, that's one of the things we do with our clients is help them create all their messaging. And then you need to try it out. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's perfect. and Sometimes you need to tweak it a little bit. But if you're winging it all the time, then you don't actually know it works. Mm-hmm. And it's just like anyone doing really any kind of of marketing people that are great email marketers they test they send out the the message to a sample and then they change the subject line and send it out to another sample and see which subject line is better mm-hmm. and uh they you know will change something on a on a uh, in the text of the email, and see if it converts better than the first email it's but if they 're sending out a different email every time and not tracking anything they don 't they don 't actually know how their emails are doing it's it 's exactly the same here mm-hmm. and once you get it and i and i 'm not saying that people have to read it word for word. If you have a sales team they 're different human beings, they need to be themselves. And if they change a word here or there, that that's fine. Um, But they they really should stick fairly closely to the script and the ideas, the concepts that are uh, created that are contained within the script. When it works, it works.
0: Yeah, I think it's about the core messaging, right? You talked about last week that um, there is a certain message that you need to come get across. It's not about you. It's about it's about the target, you know, about the person that you talk to. They're interested about or in how you can help them overcome their problem. They don't want to listen to what your proprietary stuff is because everyone who calls them tells them that they have something proprietary. Exactly. So, so how soon should you adjust your script? What are good KPIs, so um, key performance indicator from, from a script perspective, to judge whether a script works or doesn't work?
1: Well, we're looking at uh, a conversion of – the the numbers we look at are are dials, meaning how many times did -hmm. someone dial the phone, conversations, meaning a conversation with the decision maker, and then appointments scheduled. And then we can also look at the response rate um, to voicemails and emails. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of dials, conversations, and appointments – and it, this completely depends on uh the market that you're calling into, and the level you know if you're calling c level executives, the number is going to be lower than if you're calling managers. but it could be anywhere from three percent to twenty percent dials into conversations it, There's a lot of fluctuation there. the number the conversations into appointments. We're looking at a minimum conversion of twenty percent. We try to get twenty-five, but um, twenty percent of those conversations should turn into appointments. We we have people that do our programs that are doing like fifty percent, but but we aim for at least at least twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for for voicemails and emails. You know, if, if you look at it over time, because we do a whole, we do something we call a voicemail campaign, which is like a drip campaign for voicemail. Mm-hmm. And if you've left, because pe- people ask me all the time, well, they'll say, well, nobody ever calls me back, so why should I leave a voicemail? Um, and part of that is a function of what you're saying in the voicemail, but it's also a function of the process of, of having a, a process that you're following to continually reach out because all the research shows that it takes somewhere between 8 to 12 touches to get someone to respond. So if they don't know that you're reaching out, if you're not leaving voicemails or sending emails or texting them or something, they're not going to respond. So and even if over a year, if only 1% of the people you reached out to responded, that, that could be huge. Yeah. But we, we've seen response rates as high as 25, 30%.
0: Yeah. So I guess it's about building familiarity. If you leave a voice message, if you send an email, if people don't know you, if people don't have any recollection of how they are connected to you, um, it will will take a time, you know, it uh, will take it's time for them to see, oh yeah, I he called me, he left me a voice message. Oh, I remember he sent me an email with a case study, etc. Before they then decide, hey, you know what, maybe maybe I pick up the phone or maybe I respond to that voicemail because I actually now have the pain point they are talking about. And, and now it's a good time to chat. Exactly. You talked about number of dials. So that kind of always brings up the question to me, what is more important, quantity or quality? Quality, it comes to... quality, quality, okay.
1: quality, always okay. quality.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, where's the, where's the right, how do you define what the right level is? I mean, obviously quality relates to, Building the list in the beginning, you know, your first step, uh, and how well you were, or how how well you did in in identifying your target audience, breaking it out, and then defining, in this case, call call scripts, email sequences, voice messages, to 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 communicate with the with the one group or several groups that you're reaching out to. I assume ten calls is probably too little. During a day, is there kind of a right balance that, that companies or, or people should have or should aim for?
1: Well, if a company hires a new salesperson, it's, it's kind of the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hire a new salesperson um, or you're a brand new business owner and you have no pipeline, you probably want to spend about 80% of your time looking for new business. If you do that for about three or four months, the equation flips and you probably only need to spend about 20% of your time looking for new business. In terms of the people that come to our coaching programs, we ask them to commit. We, we do a um, three-month program called 3X Appointments. Mm-hmm. And the reason we call it 3X is that people triple their numbers, um, they triple the number. If they're already doing business development, they triple the number of appointments uh, they can schedule. So we asked the people in, in that program to commit to doing 20 dials a day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is 100 dials a week. And, and that's, that's a minimum commitment for the program um, because uh, they, they are unlikely, one, they're unlikely to see results if they're only doing a handful of dials every day. And, and two, um, because they're learning new skills, we want, we want them to get the muscle memory. So if they do the 20 dials every day over the three months of the program, they'll get, they'll get the muscle memory.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, so we have our script ready. We brief the team. How, how should they deal or so how should the individual deal with rejection? And um, there will be a lot of rejection if you, if you call someone and then that person actually picks up the phone. How is it easier to get over and and pick up the phone right right after you hang up?
1: This idea of of rejection it's 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 very complex, and I have colleagues that teach this um, teach on this topic as well. And some of them say things like prospecting sucks, get over it, which is I think is a very macho stance. I'm not sure how helpful it is, but. Um, <laughs> and and the conversation about cold calling is often it, it's it's so stupid because the conversation is usually something like everybody hates it and then there's a handful of people that love it and here's here's the thing the opposite of hating to pick up the phone and talk to people you don't know is not that you suddenly love it that would be silly what we aim for is neutral <laughs> Because if you feel neutral, if we remove all the emotion from the experience, um, you can do what you need to do, and you can be really good at it. You don't have to love it. And there are a lot of things um, as business owners, as, as professionals, there's a lot of things you do that maybe you don't love, but it's like part of the business, and you you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has a nervous breakdown when they're hitting send on an email, even though the email could very well go to spam or just get deleted immediately. Part of part of what we do is is help our clients make make a mind shift on this. Mm-hmm. If you believe in the value of what you're doing, if you believe that you're really helping your clients, and you you've done your homework, you're reaching out to that micro targeted list because you think they potentially have a need that you could help them with. And your goal is to introduce yourself. It's not dump who you're working with, hire me. It's just I'd like to introduce myself and my agency. Then things start to shift, Mm -hmm. and and there are there are the facts, and then the stories you tell yourself about the facts. And and the facts are kind of well, you're gonna dial the phone. You're either gonna reach the person you want to talk to or you're not. If you reach them, you're gonna say something. They're gonna say something. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. The, f- the facts are I'm bothering them. I'm interrupting them. They don't want to talk to me. They already have a vendor. They're going to be mad at me. All of those things. Mm. And uh, I'll share with you a quick story from my uh, dancing days when I got that uh, first telemarketing job so many years ago. And I was very young. I was probably about 20. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about business because I, w- I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically, you know, they gave me a script and they trained me and and I started making calls. And I very quickly, in a matter of weeks, became one of their top uh, representatives. And they started giving me all the really, really uh, difficult-to-reach people, the presidents, the CEOs, uh, people that didn't take cold calls. And... um and later on, uh, when I started doing training, I, ha- I thought back to that time, and I thought, well, how did I do that? And I realized something very interesting, and this is just about the power of your mind. Mm-hmm. I was 20. I knew nothing about business. I was calling mostly men that were a whole lot older than I was, that made a whole lot more money than I did. Um, But in my world, I was a dancer. I considered myself to be an artist. And in my world, artists were pretty darn important people. (laughs) And so I was calling all of these CEOs and presidents. I thought they'd all want to talk to me because I was an artist. It never even occurred to me they wouldn't want to talk to me. Now, did that have anything to do with reality? No, it had nothing to do with reality. It was just the way I thought about it. But because of the way I thought about it, I could just pick up the phone and talk to them. And if they said they didn't want to meet with the client, I just insist that the, I thought they must not have understood, actually. I would, I would encourage any of you that, you know, are, are really, really uncomfortable uh, to examine what is it you're you're telling yourself when you think about making these calls? Because what if you were telling yourself... I've done my homework. I have something of valued offer. They're going to be really glad that I called because I can help them. <laughs> you know what? What would change if that's how you thought about it?
0: Yeah. So it's about the mindset. I mean, what I hear is it's about the mindset at the end of the day. You, you got to be in the right mindset, um, and you got to be convinced that what you're selling is 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 helping the people that you're calling.
1: Yeah. It just it just if, if you believe in the value of what you are doing, then you have an obligation to let the right people know about it. And that's that's mm-hmm. what you're doing.
0: Okay. I want to I want to go back briefly um, to the to the to the call script that we talked about. Are there certain things that that you should and should not ask, talk about when you when you get someone to to respond and then give you a minute?
1: Well, I'm not a big fan of of saying, "May I have a moment of your time?" Because you risk the answer being no. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you today? Um, that's kind of a phony question. That's not why you're asking. You know, that's not yeah. what you're calling. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in say what you have to say, short, pithy, to the point, and ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. And so, what that means is. You know, how do you help your clients? Give an example. Say, I'd like to introduce myself and whatever your company name is, mm-hmm. and I need 10 or 15 minutes any time that works for you. What does your calendar look like? Mm-hmm. That's why you're calling.
0: Yeah. So how, how should a call end? How should a successful call end? Um, is there something that you should not forget to say? Something you need to confirm? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, if your, goal, if your goal is to set an appointment, because we always start with the goal in mind, mm-hmm. then the successful call ends with an appointment. And uh, when you set that appointment, it's, it's concrete. It's, mm-hmm. We're going to talk next Tuesday, whatever that date is, at a specific time. You know, Or mm-hmm. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to meet you at your office next Tuesday, whatever the date is, at a specific mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Or we're going to go to a Zoom call next Tuesday, I'll send you the link next Tuesday, whatever that date is, at a specific time. So it's not that it finishes with, oh, I built rapport, or they said I could call them back. You know, the, your goal your goal is to set the appointment and an appointment is, is concrete.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're calling a lot of people now and you can't get them on the phone. You end up getting to the voicemail. From what I heard earlier, similar to creating a call script, it's probably also a good thought to develop a script for uh, leaving a voicemail. The first question is, what should be part of that voicemail? And the second one would be, should I have different voice messages because I might not get the person several times and need to leave several voice messages?
1: Yes. The, um, what we do is we, we help our clients create a voicemail campaign. Mm-hmm. And a voicemail campaign is a series of messages that you leave over time. And you also do it with email. We usually start with four voicemails and four emails because all the research shows that it takes at least eight touches to get someone to respond. So uh, we start with eight touches, four voicemails, four emails, um, and then you track it. You might need more voicemails and emails. You might need fewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we start week one. You we make the phone call. If you get voicemail, you leave voicemail number one, which just like your introductory appointment setting script focuses on how you help your clients mm-hmm. and, and you ask for a return phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you send like immediately send the same thing in an email, whatever it is you've just said in voicemail. Number one, you send email. Number one, It they, they mirror each other. Okay. You wait about a week. If you haven't heard back, you call again, if you get voicemail, you leave voicemail number two, which still focuses on how you help your clients, but it's different from number one. And then you send along email two that mirrors voicemail two. Yeah. So how
0: does that differ? How does voicemail two differ from voicemail one?
1: Well, you can have if you have uh multiple value propositions, you help your mm-hmm. clients in different ways, it could have uh, a different value proposition each time. Mm-hmm. The the uh, formula is that you lead with the value the value proposition. We have a track record of helping our clients, and you plug in how they're better off after mm-hmm. they work with you, and then you give an example. I call these success stories, mm-hmm. but you you give an example, um, and that's the basic format. So. You could have the same value proposition in each voicemail, and you have different stories to back it up. Or if you have, if you've got different ways that you help your clients, those could be separate value propositions, and then use you have you have different uh, examples, stories that back back up the value proposition.
0: Okay, so then how does number three and number four from a voicemail perspective look like? How how are they different to the first two?
1: Okay. Well, uh, number three follows the pattern. You know, it's different content, um, but you're either going to use the same value proposition with a different example, or a different value, pro- a third value proposition with an example that backs it up. You send, and then you send email three that mirrors. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to wait a week. You haven't heard back. You call them again. Um, This time, the last message, number four, I call it the move-on message. And the move-on message goes like this. You know, I've tried to reach you a number of times to discuss, fill in the blank with whatever it is you wanted to talk about. I haven't heard back from you. I know you're busy, so I'm assuming that this is not a good time for us to have this conversation. And I don't want to be a pest, so I'm going to cease and desist and uh i'll reach out to you again and you name a time frame it could be mm-hmm. 3 months or 6 months or a year that that's really just contingent on how many leads you have yeah and then you say if you've been meaning to get back to me and just haven't had the chance i'd welcome the opportunity to discuss fill in the blank with whatever it is you want to talk about mm-hmm. um what's interesting and then you send the same thing in an email yeah um what's interesting is that's when you're going to get the most response <laughs> often with an apology and uh you know people uh they'll tell you a time to call or you know uh yeah I want to talk to you I can't talk to you this week but could you call me next week or you know whatever it is but that's uh that's actually when you get the most the most response you do need to have left some good message messages previously yeah and you will get some response then too, but you usually get the the most response after the move on message.
0: So the the breakout message is is kind of the the yeah. golden message that makes it all I mean not all possible, but but that's when people usually respond or, or kind of you know reconsider whether they connect or not. Yeah. So that sounds like a lot of work to to kind of you know remind yourself of every week to send emails for for specific clients and then have voice messages too. In the beginning of the first episode, you talked about how technology has helped the biz dev or cold calling process to be more efficient. What, what tools can help an organization or individuals to organize themselves and, 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 and be reminded of who they have to follow up, when to follow up, and who said what, um, etc.
1: Well, the, the software that we use um, and that I, I recommend to all of our clients is uh, Contact Science. And Contact mm-hmm. Science, it's contactscience.com, and uh, it's specifically for prospecting an appointment setting. And um, it is an efficiency tool. It, uh, it's not CRM, actually. Uh, they've done benchmark studies uh, against various CRM tools and to you to do 10 dials using CRM will take close to an hour mm-hmm. uh, to do 10 dials using contact science will take like 20, maybe 30 minutes. Um, and then if you add a, a dialer, it takes even less time. Um, yeah. But um, this, this tool, it keeps it completely organized. It, you know, not only tells you, you know, if you were going to make calls, Stefan, it would say, okay, Stefan, Here's the next person to call. If you get them on the phone, here's what you say. You'll see the mm-hmm. script. If you get their voicemail, here's what you say. Here's the email to send. Okay. Here's the next person. So it just um, tells you exactly. You once it's set up, you don't have to think. You, you can just follow the process because it's, it's already automated and set up. And if you manage people, it will give you metrics so you'll know mm-hmm. how they're doing
0: yeah it's just yeah. it's
1: automatic. you don't have to do anything. you just get the get the metrics. Anyone that's uh listening uh please please mention my name because they they give my clients a discount so tell tell them you you uh heard it heard it here from Stefan and <laughs> Stefan and Wendy.
0: In the first episode, we talked about you know when we talked about building prospect lists, target lists, and you call them micro lists. What tools do you recommend your clients to use to to build their target lists? I mean, as you mentioned, nowadays, and we all know that there are many more information available uh, to individual companies from what software they use, who the CEO is, how many people work there, what their revenue is, and it goes on and on and on but there are also a number of tools out there that can provide those information for a yeah. team. What tools do you recommend a team should should look at that can help them to build their target list, to build this micro-target list?
1: I'm going to give you more of an it-depends answer because okay. it does depend on the market that you're uh, calling into. And um, so there are all sorts of, you know, online resources uh, like uh, their sales genie and I'm, I'm blanking and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of let's see if I can find it really quickly uh, because they give you, Oh, exchange leads. Of course, exchange leads will give you uh, I think it's 50 free leads a month. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're on a budget, and you have a library card go to the go to the public library. They have access to all sorts of databases uh that are that are really expensive that you can access for free. Most of the libraries have everything online now, so you don't even have to go anywhere mm-hmm. um so but it's it starts with that micro target that profile mm-hmm. and um because once you know. Exactly the type of lead that you're working, you're looking for, then it's much easier to find a resource that will help you find that find that, that list. Yeah. Um, I also recommend Sam Richter, who you might actually want to interview on, on, your, on your program. <laughs> He's a, okay. a world, world-renowned uh, sales intelligence expert, and he has a tool uh, that helps people do, do research online. Um,
0: well, I have to check them out. Yeah. Uh, um, Wendy, we 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 come to the end again uh, of the second episode uh, episode review. Thank you so much again for joining the performance of our podcast and for sharing your knowledge about co calling. If people want to find out more about you, your company, how you could potentially help them, if if they feel overwhelmed with setting up a program for themselves or for their business, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Well, I invite you um, to visit our website, which is coldcallingresults.com. You can also give me a call because I am a phone person. Uh, that's <laughs> 866-220-4242. And um, if you get voicemail, leave me a message and uh, we'll call you back. And uh, I would also like to in, uh, invite all of our listeners to download my, my guide. It's, a, it's called A Practical Guide to Getting Sales Teams to Prospect. And sales reps often fail because they can't prospect. Mm-hmm. They can't find enough opportunities. And, and without opportunities, uh, they're never going to generate enough sales to uh, meet or exceed their quota um and whatever it is you do you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of people that manage sales team struggle with this so that's why mm-hmm. i created a practical guide to getting sales teams to prospect and i believe you're going to post that right underneath this podcast
0: yeah you will you will find it on the on the landing page uh for the first and the second episode uh, as well as in this podcast description so download it have a Have a look at it, and I'm I'm sure it will help you immensely. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again, and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital.